made him to the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And yes, folks, welcome to the spoiler room. We're taking a little break from the old west and heading into the near future where we're talking about apes with guns on horses. Yes, war for the planet of the apes. Thanks for joining us, Movie Maniacs. Appreciate you taking a venture down in the spoiler room. And tonight we have a uh, crew member joining me to talk about the third film in the uh, not so reboot as so much as the prequel franchise of the apes. It is the lovely Andrew Shearer. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Mark. Man, hey, uh... I'm happy to be talking about Planet Apes because I don't know if I ever said this on your show before, but I think this is the greatest franchise in film history. The most consistent. I'm I'm all about it, man. I'm here for Planet of the Apes. All of it. <laughs> well, I knew you were a fan of the original ones. And uh, these ones, I was wondering uh, your feelings on these, uh, the newer ones, you know, because they're you're kind of loosely trying to tie them into the mythology though I don't know if that was their original intent uh, for these films. So, uh, But in the theater, yes, we have the third one that came out, War for the Planet of the Apes. And yeah, we're going to play the trailer here first, and then we'll talk about some of these uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, people who uh, were involved in this film. So roll that beautiful bean footage. He's a smart one, isn't he? What are you gonna name him? Do they look like just apes to you? He saved our lives. He was remarkable. Apes, apes, You're him. You're Caesar. We've been searching for you for so long. I do not start this war. I fight only to protect apes. Human gets sick, ape gets smart. Then human kill ape, but not me. I run. There are times when it is necessary to abandon our humanity to save humanity. you say eventually you'd replace us that's the law of nature so what would you have done what did the humans promise you no matter what you do you'll never be one of them you are we are the beginning apes together we are the beginning! Apes together! Strong! Have you come to save your apes? And now the story for War uh, for the Planet of the Apes is the story of Caesar. Yes, and his apes are forced into deadly conflict with an army of humans led by a ruthless colonel. After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest 
to avenge his kind. As the journey finally brings him face to face, Caesar and the Colonel are pitted against each other in an epic battle that determined the fate of both their species and the future of the planet that was written by 20th century fox and imdb but i think that's a little misleading when they say epic battle between colonel and caesar but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit uh andrew you're a big fan of the original series and uh this trilogy what'd you think of this third film for war of the planet of the apes well i gotta say man i know that the response has been where's the war and they people that say the titles of these were kind of you know, like the order was a little messed up. Like it should have been like, you know, dawn first and then war and then rise. Like I get that. That's a nerdy ass conversation to have, but I get that. Um, but that all that said, man, I do think there was a war. I do think we got the war movie. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? What do you think? You've probably watched more war movies than me. Don't you think this is like a uh, like an old school kind of a war movie setup? You know, oh. not like modern day, you know, Helm's Deep War, <laughs> but like a actual. See, has see, I did that. I had to look that up. Yeah, before I said that, because I what the fuck was that even? I know it was Lord of the Ring, but I didn't want to come in here and just not know what Helm's Deep was. How about that? But uh, you know, what I'm saying like not not like what we modern war, which is just shit blowing up for two hours, but like a, you know, like like Bridge on the River Kwai stuff like that. You know. It was it it ha- it was definitely a war picture. I mean, uh, not just because it's in the title, but watching this, I was surprised. I'm like sitting here watching this, and you know, I my my brain was starting to think, you know, this is like apocalypse now almost. Yeah, so they don't they don't let you like not know that that's what they're doing either. Not not so subtle. <laughs> no, it's not so subtle. You got your it, it opens with the soldiers uh, going through the woods, and I'm just watching this, and I'm like. Oh man, they they are taking this as serious as uh, the Vietnam films that were very popular when uh, I was younger, and, and well, and when you were too, I'm sure. Uh, you know, they that was a very popular theme, and I'm watching this going, oh man, they're taking that approach with it. We're in for we're in for some heavy shit, I think, and I think we were. Uh, did it surprise you just how uh, heavy and kind of dark this movie went? I mean. I- Actually, I would say no. I would say it was appropriately heavy and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, what surprised me was the humor that they put in. Like, oh, it was sure. almost it was almost the point. Like you know, I, I'm not against them putting humor in serious things to lighten stuff up. But when everything is so grim, when you do put in humor, it's like what? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you know, I'm talking about a um, uh, a bad ape. Or yeah, bad you got the. Yeah, he's one of the new characters that shows up in this film. Uh, and yeah, Bad Ape did bring humor. What's funny, though, is with Bad Ape, who was played really well by Steve Zahn, um, was that although he was humorous, he's a damaged individual. And you start to realize that first you're kind of laughing. Oh, he's kind of clunky. And, dark, and then you're just like, oh, no, wait, this guy's been been put through been put through hell and he's like this because of the stuff he's witnessed and had stuff done to him you know yeah no that was some of some of uh some of uh weta's um i guess is it weta or weta the people that do the effects for weta, i believe it, it's usually pronounced or weta well, either way i've heard it mentioned both so they made him kind of golem like you know they mm-hmm. use that kind of like stringy wiry big-eyed kind of nutty you know what I'm saying? They like they went Gollum with him, and um, that's a good move because he's a very believable character. Uh, I thought the animation characterization uh, on that guy was actually it kept him from being like the Jar Jar of the movie and ruining it. It did because even though he was humorous, he did still he he still fit in. He didn't like stick out like Nisa, whatever. I mean, he you know yeah, they, right. they, they set up his character really well actually and and i think you're right in this film you kind of need at least a little bit of a release because this thing just i mean from start to finish it 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 covers some heavy topics in this film you know and and that's what surprised what what always surprises me what surprised me with this entire franchise from when i first saw rise to this and it technology's gotten better is though you forget, don't you, Andrew? You forget that these are CGI characters. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm old, so CGI is really tough sell for me when it comes to like, you know, like robots. Yeah, I buy that and mm-hmm. stuff. And if it's like a total cartoon, then everything in it's a cartoon, so fine. But my my thing comes into where you got real stuff, and then you got the the cartoon in the middle of the real stuff. That's a hard. I love Force Awakens when Ray goes up to that that counter and trades in like the junk or whatever to that guy. Like, man, that's a cartoon looking, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, I thought y'all weren't going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it has to be excellent. Right. And the animation on, even going back to like, I remember Peter Jackson's King Kong, mm-hmm. you know, I remember going like, say what you want about the movie. That really, you know, especially in the 24 frames per second, I was on board with with it during the moments of of drama that counted, you know, when you're looking right at them. So these movies, uh, the the prequels, they live and die on whether or not uh, you can believe that these ape characters are actual real, you know. Mm -hmm. And so if if it's not working, then (laughs) that's it. They're dead. Right. And uh, I mean, it, it goes with the technology, but also. The performances, you know, I mean, Andy Serkis, we, we've, you've probably heard people talk about it before, but I'm, he's just amazing with the motion capture. Um, and his Caesar, watching his character, especially in this one, go through emotions because he's got to pretty much act with his eyes. And, you know, he, he, they get his facial expressions. But, I mean, what do you think about his Caesar in this and, and basically where his character goes in this film? I started noticing, like, his lip more. Mm-hmm. Lips, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, yeah. like a, rest, a resting, pissed Caesar face, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> started noticing that more. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, just like in... Um, I guess that was maybe uh, Escape from Planet. I don't know. There was there was one of the originals where Caesar's heart just hardens, mm-hmm. you know. And I hate it that I can't remember which one it was in. Uh, it, it was either an Escape or Conquest, but one of them, Caesar's just that's it for him. Mm-hmm. the The guy that he started out is 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 just not there anymore, and and um, that's his struggle in this movie. And it, it's a testament to what they did that we're even talking about this in dramatic terms in this cartoon, <laughs> which is what he is. But uh, he's gray and he's battle worn and all this other stuff. And uh, he's got conflict and he's got vengeance. He's a real, you know, he's great. I thought mm-hmm. that uh, to do that and be a monkey and to not even be on screen as a monkey, you know, say what you want about the Tim Burton ones. At least they had actors under there. Right. And that great Rick Baker makeup, he can't even be on screen. So, mm-hmm. holy crap, you know? Yeah, I I love what they did with this Caesar character and, and his performance in it and bringing the emotion through. And, I mean, you, you watch his character break, and it, it's such a genuine performance by Andy Serkis in this. Your brain just shut. You're like, no, there's an ape there that they got to act. <laughs> <laughs> and and do this stuff, you know, and you're sitting there feeling for him. And, and you know, he even Caesar tries to give the humans an out. You know, he, he's like, hey, we just want to live in the forest. Exactly. Okay? Dude, you go your way. He doesn't even smoke their guy. Like he could have the apes could have killed their guys. Mm-hmm. Do it. He sent them back on the horse. And he's like, yeah. man, I tr- I tried to, man. This is all, you know, you guys, it's your fault. Yeah, and, and they still kept, and I was impressed that they they still kept the scope small, but they do start opening up to the idea that, you know, there are more groups of apes besides just the ones we followed that are led by Caesar. Uh, but I liked how they still kept it within Caesar's group. You know, they, they, they still kept the scale. I was kind of worried about that when I saw it was going to be war for the planet of the apes. I'm like, oh, no, they're going to... You know, Caesar's going to be huge, you know, leader of all these. But no, they still keep it to his his clan, basically. Um, you know, and did they, I, I don't remember the original series too much. Did, did they still have just small pockets of, of apes in the first one? Or or was it the entire planet was ruled by apes? 
I mean, you get the you get a sincere ape uprising. What um what uh dawn of the planet of the apes and war from the planet for the planet of the apes are are essentially uh conquest of the planet of the apes and battle for the planet of the apes. These mm-hmm. are if if you're gonna say that they're remakes, then that's the or you've got in the water. They are the same, very similar story as those last two. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but uh, they really kind of do go their own way. So in those, I don't know the time. That's a whole other. <laughs> I may be too much of an apes geek to have this to to be able to put those old ones aside because mm-hmm. um, it's it's almost easier just to treat these three uh, as being. Um, outside of that because they are kind of doing their own origin because in the original apes i don't they weren't designed as a series so there's time travel you know what i'm saying all of this stuff <laughs> yeah. to get it to, to get it to work like like when jj abrams re- restarted star trek or whatever mm-hmm. remember how there was time travel in order to explain it you know they, they really there's time travel in beneath the planet of the apes at the end of it and that's where you know what i'm saying like yeah it starts off this whole thing, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I hope that answers your question. Well, yeah, and that's that was what I was wondering with this is because, uh, you know, you've got the similar named characters in that, but the time frame's a little bit different, you know. And I've seen some criticism because we get uh, not only do we have Caesar and, and all the apes, the, the main apes that we've followed since pretty much the first one, uh, but we also get a a new human who tags along, who they name Nova, who, if you're familiar with the original, there's a female named Nova. And people were throwing a fit going, oh, why'd they name her Nova this? But after they did that, I know it was a nod to the original, but I really never pictured these three ape films as actually connected to the original. I always took a more of kind of the alternate storyline you know just a, a different telling of this myth- mythology it, it, was that your kind of feeling with these films when you went into them uh, well initially I, I i thought uh they were you know we would get to see um the original story of caesar mm-hmm. you know because caesar is uh someone who is uh born during the uh planet of the apes ser- film series Right, but originally he was just like the great Caesar, or whatever. So the original series does a loop around, mm-hmm. and it's cool, and it's awesome. And every time I see it, it blows my mind. I'm like, oh my girl, what did these movies just do? They're so <laughs> good. But I saw them as, as prequel, but then mm-hmm. as they kept going, I was like, oh man, they're kind of like retelling this story properly, mm-hmm. you know, and not doing all the weird. <laughs> Like I said, time travel shit and all that stuff. And like, oh, no, this is this. And those old movies, they're all great. And they all connect. And in a big way, at the end of War of the Planet of the Apes, has a bridge to the 68 Planet of the Apes. That where they get to at the end of the movie right? Um, really could just jump you right in. And that actually connects to the question that I had for the group, which now is just me and you. But um, it, uh, I, I don't know. It's It's so fascinating to me because you could see it as... Really, either one. You could watch Rise, Dawn, and War. Never watch those old ones and be like, man, what an awesome trilogy of movies. Um, but if you're a fan, naming that character Nova was so exciting to me because I started going like, oh, whoa, is this how Nova? You know, because mm-hmm. she can't talk and Nova can't talk. I was like, are they really going to to like bridge this movie? Because that would do another loop like the old ones did. You know? <laughs> it would loop it around to... Uh, mm-hmm. To the original planet, which is great because you want to see respect shown for that. You don't want them to go like, you know, those movies were fine, but they're old and we want to do our own thing. You doing references ain't enough connecting them like that. I wasn't that didn't piss me off. I found that exciting. You know, it's like my brain started to I couldn't sleep. I was like, oh, man. okay, so then she, you know, I'm saying like, (laughs) right. Yeah. And that's what I I mean. I I figured I hadn't looked up anything, but I figured when when she showed up, I'm like, oh, she's I bet you she's going to be Nova. And then. Uh, she finds that uh, car logo uh, for a Chevy Nova. Yeah, it kind of hits you over the head with it a little bit. A little bit. Well, people, audiences are, would you agree, dumber now than they were back then? Yeah. They, well, they, come on, they come made, on, they're dumber. They, a okay, bit dumber. Yes. okay, yeah, <laughs> they are. It, and, and it's not to the fault of the audience so much as, I think, the fault of Hollywood thinking they need to hold people's hands 
uh, as much uh, in all honesty. But uh, I like the gir- the little girl they got, uh, Amaya Miller, to play Nova. Um, I was thinking that had to be tough for the actress, uh, young maybe not so much because she was younger, to imagine these people with all of this equipment on their face to try to picture them as apes, don't you think? Well, I mean, motion capture and acting with motion capture is a skill of a new generation of actors. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be performed better by ones that came up with accepting CGI as real. Because like me and you, if you throw us in a scene with Frank Oz puppet Yoda, we're like, I got this, man. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I'm down, I always believed Yoda was real. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're, I'm good. I could act with Yoda all day long. But you throw this tennis ball at me or this person wearing like 18 tennis balls. I'm like, God, man, this guy, why can't you just be a puppet? You know, <laughs> but but kids that came up with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. the same way we were like, yeah, with puppet. And so puppets are better. <laughs> but um, I think that is a uh, that skill, that skill set. And just like Andy Serkis being Doug that can do motion capture acting the best. Um, there's going to be a whole set of actors coming up that can just really make, like they can really sell this stuff to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I I got from her performance that she truly, you know, she was able to uh, buy in that she's with a bunch of apes and not yeah. just people, you know, in, in funny outfits. And I loved what they did with her character too and, and kind of the explanation of why humans didn't talk actually i, I kind of dug that uh, yeah. you know the fact that the apes are actually evolving to be smarter sentient beings you know really intelligent beings and yet the virus is mutated now and turning them into uh lesser <laughs> okay did you ask me earlier if i felt this was a had political no, not yet. Time. I was going to, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, I, I thought maybe I was like, I thought you'd ask me earlier if this this did, and I didn't go there. No, 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 not yet. But I, okay. I was getting there because, yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> with, uh, with the the whole setup and everything, there are def- definitely political uh, undertones <laughs> and overtones in this film, uh, in, in and not just uh, you know political, but uh, race. As well, yeah. I think uh, it hits on it hits on, on many different levels, which I think makes it an effective film and surprise people. I think for a film that has so much CGI to be as uh, deep as this film actually is, you know, uh, and I think that surprises people. Did, did you, so you picked up on a, a lot of the political connotations and such in this film. I don't know where the where where the bad guy was building a fucking wall. You think maybe that part? <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson's colonel, yes, was building a wall and using the apes to build it. That's right. And what does that say? Because the apes that sold out the other apes, who are they? That's the voters. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh my God! You sell out your own people, thinking that you're going to get spared. Oh, I don't know what this is about. I'll take it further. Since we're traveling down this road, Andrew, what did the apes who turned on their friends get called? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Hey, let me say, (laughs) let me, let me say this about, about that. Um, You know, I would say, (laughs) that's funny, man. Rise of the planet apes. You know that that could be about that could be about uh, vivisection, right? Mm-hmm. That could be a simple subject of animal experimentation. That's what that could be about. Dawn of the Planet Apes, gun control. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely, gun control. Mm-hmm. War for Planet Apes. What happens when the white people are getting stupider and can't talk anymore? All <laughs> oh, the new world is killing us. We're gonna go extinct. We gotta build this wall, but we gotta be able to see through the wall. <laughs> I damn. And you got, you know, and you got the ones that are turning on the other ones and helping them load the gun. What do that mean, Mark the movie man? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Son of a I just I, I, I will say this, man. I, I wonder, and I wonder this with superhero movies. I wonder this with any good versus evil thing that we see now 
I even wonder in a movie like Chappie, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman's character, if people realize that that's them. Yeah. Like that, the, the, the asshole, the villains, the oppressors, the people that think, oh, you know, there's my right to walk around and scare the shit out of everyone with my rights. I wonder if they watch any of these movies and realize they are not Captain America. You know? Like they are the villain in this shit. <laughs> they are the colonel and they are the sellout. You know, they're, they're the sellout fucking monkeys. I wonder if they realize that when they go see these movies. I'm I'm not sure, but I mean, you, you can definitely see it there. It's like right in front of your face, and it's like, is are some people just not seeing it? I don't know, or maybe they don't want to see it. I'm not sure, but man, I just all I know is the audience I saw this with. You talk about having faith that people can think, at least right now. Yeah, you know, the crowd I saw this with, they were paying attention. Mm-hmm. They were really watching it. You know. And they laugh at uh, Bad Ape. But those are like, oh, God, thank you, kind of laughs, you know. They got to take this movie seriously. They're not used to having to reckon with what they're seeing, you know. Um, Do I think some of the themes are over their head? Well, maybe they were just taking it literally, and that's cool, because with movies, you're welcome to do that. But I wonder. I wonder if, like, you know, some of them that maybe go home to their, their gun cabinet or their Make America Great hat and go like, huh. Am I a goddamn sellout ape? Am I am I loading the gun for for these crackers that are slowly losing their ability to communicate? Uh, you know, am I am I scared that I'm dying? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm scared that I'm going to lose to all the, the scary transgender people and all the other people I've made an enemy out of. I thought about all that shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it, a film like this can it can spark that type of thinking, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the Colonel because uh, played by Woody Harrelson, who's playing it up. Uh, what'd you think about the Colonel as a villain? Uh, you know, on the whole, I, I thought he was an interesting character. In all honesty, it was kind of hard to gauge where exactly he was coming from at times. I think. Well, you know, it it was clear that he was a violent person. Yeah. Um, a lot like these, uh, he was the most like literal representation of what I felt this movie was saying, you know, mm-hmm. and again, I'm putting that, that's me getting that from this movie. That's not to say these guys, that's what they were doing. Uh, mostly I think if they were going to try to be on the nose about anything, it was the influences of the film making him Colonel Kurtz and right. you know shaving his head and all that stuff and ape apocalypse now and all that shit. that that stuff is very obvious but just this is just me getting this from that he, his character was the 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 physical representation of what i felt this movie was talking about which was you know the person is justifying what they're doing out of complete and total fear mm-hmm. you know and uh, it's also a disease movie because of that too. You know, we got to remember these movies began as disease movies. Talking about the the the, uh, the the prequel and stuff. This this set of films is about a plague. It's about the the downfall of of man, you know. And uh, he represents the that fear and stuff. And for to for them to show him just ruthlessly, just cancel these people, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 those and they think nothing about. T- you know, tagging an ape, you know, definitely not. But man, you know, there's that part where that one, uh, that one where they yell donkey to him mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he's changing his mind. Right. And the dude, you could just see him mouthing donkey to him. And then, uh, when he finally, like his usefulness is gone, dude, just Pam just yeah. checks him, you know, holy yeah. shit. They, they, that, that was his whole, that's the way he trained his people to be. And so Woody's good at playing scary people. He's kind of a nut, right? In real life. <laughs> he just is. Like, just yeah. like Tom Cruise and Mel Gibson, kind of a nut. So people that are nuts can play people that are nuts pretty good. <laughs> and he played as nutty motherfucker pretty good. Yeah, he, he played played it very well. And, and it was interesting to see you know him... And it's funny because it's been brought up, you know, all, you know, you've got uh, apes who just have spears and and such and not many guns going against guys with high tech weapons and such. And I think they played it off well that, you know, uh, of how they were able to get around that. But 
here, even with all of his weapons and all of his tools, you get that scene with uh, Woody, with the Colonel and Caesar, where he brings Caesar up and uh, he kind of gives that monologue while he, he's boiling water and that. And you realize that even with his all of his weapons, he's still more scared than Caesar is, who is an ape who has nothing but, you know, mostly spears and, and smoke bombs. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I thought that was an interesting, you know, dynamic between these two is, is that and the fact that he that Caesar, you know, uh, he's a guy who, who, who is an evolved ape and trying not to be human. But his whole mission after the colonel aces his family, which breaks him, he kind of goes against his own rules, doesn't he? In, in his quest for vengeance. Well, yeah, man, and that's why he wants to go by himself. He doesn't want to get any of his homies hurt um, going out on on his uh, on, and he knows what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. He knows it's 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 bad. He knows he's being human by doing that. But damn, man, that that is a comment on the way we justify our violent behavior and vengeful behavior. You know, because it's like it's one thing to have a philosophy of being a pacifist, but man, they kill your wife and your kid i mean that i was talking to somebody earlier tonight about how it's just like no one believes anything's real anymore no one believes anything is actually happening to anyone Mm -hmm. until it happens to them personally right you know and so you can say all you want about you know we're not gonna be like them this is what makes us better we're more evolved apes are more evolved that's the whole crux of the entire planet apes period just that, you know, that, that, uh, that twist, that play on what we think, people not thinking they're descended from apes. Uh, for him to just be like, that's it. Caesar yeah. has broken in a lot of ways, and then part three, it's the final straw. Yeah, I mean, he, he ended up, you know, in Dawn, he ended up killing another ape, which he, he swore, you know, trying not to do, but Koba, he just, he had to. And he's haunted by Koba in this too, man. Isn't that yeah. great? He's, his conscience is like a nightmare. Yeah, that surprised me when they were bringing Koba because I was like, well, I'm wondering if they're going to. And sure enough, there he is. Koba's still haunting him as he's dealing with his own darkness and going on this rather dark quest. Yeah. And it. And again, we have this is a CGI ape character, and there, <laughs> there are so many levels to his character, but not just his character either. You have the Maurice character, who I love, who who hasn't quite talked yet, but he's the one that convinces Caesar that you know we shouldn't just leave the little girl who can't talk in this cabin after we've killed her dad. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and I, I always liked the Maurice character. What do you think about Maurice? I mean, he's like the really devoted buddy, but also the voice of reason. I love Maurice, man, because he keeps he keeps it kind of grounded. You know, he's he's staying old school. He's using ape communication, even though he's just smart enough to speak. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love that uh, he is named after the actor who played, um, I think, Doctor Zayas. Mm-hmm. In, original uh series i cannot remember his, but his first name was maurice i don't remember i'm hoping i'm getting it right but like man his eyes those little beads that is the realest looking stuff. i mean i'm so they so convinced me with with maurice you know how how important is that that he be sympathetic and uh mm-hmm. he, he 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 is there to remind caesar of what they've what they have uh what they have come from and to make sure he doesn't stray too much. Cause another thing about Caesar, in addition to uh, getting gray and battle worn and scarred and having his heart darken is that he looks more human as the movie goes. And mm-hmm. they remark in the movie about his eyes, you know, how they just look like human. It's because uh, that's what makes Caesar Caesar. He's got, uh, he's kind of the next evolutionary step. He is, and uh, just for a side note, you you are correct. Uh, it was Maurice Evans who played Doctor Zayas in the original Apes. And, uh, hey. So, yeah, and what you'll love this, Andrew. I don't know if you knew this, but Maurice is motion cap actor 
actress Karen Canoval. Yeah, yeah, I did know that it was a woman. I, I I get it. I I thought that was great too, because uh, just just an interesting, uh, you know, what you can do with mocap. Then you you can put pretty much anyone you want in any role with a motion capture, you know, and, and overlay it. And yeah, I love the Maurice character. I I've always loved the Maurice character in these films, um, and, and the role that he has, the dynamic with Caesar. Uh, being that voice, being that, y- you know, <laughs> you, you really need to rethink this, dude. <laughs> you know? yeah, for real, yeah. You know, but but at the same time, he's also loyal. You know, he, it's like, well, it's really what you want to do, okay, you know, but you really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, what does he say? He's like, you know, I'm, I don't want you to go because I'm not sure that I'm going to come back. And he's like, I want to go with you to make sure that you do. Yeah, man, that's a ride or die right there, man. <laughs> that that is, and uh, that's that's what I love too is the fact that they did not shy away from still using uh, the sign language, the apes signing. You know, not showing that not all of them talked because it could have been a very easily a Hollywood angle of oh, we're just going to have them all talk now by the third film. And yet they don't. Most of them don't talk, uh, except for Caesar for the most part. Um, and I, I always thought I thought that was interesting in a good way that they didn't have it because I think that really would have taken away from the film and also might have played out in taking maybe a little bit of status away from Caesar if you have everyone talk. Yeah, I mean, and it's also like, what do you see it, uh, with apes? You know, you've seen them learn sign language and stuff. Mm -hmm. You've seen a lot of things about animals, like really sophisticated ways of communication. Uh, And so, you know, as as the Ape series went along, the whole thing was that how they became more human-like. You know, keeping that, like you said, is a way of them making sure they remember who they are, where they came from. And um, sign language is more complicated, and therefore I feel... uh, more highly evolved than language. Well, and it also plays more of a role in this because here you have the humans, like uh, when they came upon the humans that the other humans shot because they were infected, which is just another level of showing you how primal humans are getting while the apes are trying to be more sophisticated. Um, but the, the the humans, rather than, you know, maybe learning sign language or whatnot, they just off these guys who can't talk. Anymore. Yeah, that's that's so typical, man, because, you know, when they lose their speech, uh, what are they going to need to be able to do, man? Yeah. Dirt. You know, <laughs> you, know it, it, you, you feel bad, and it was interesting to see the apes, Caesar and his co- crew, have more sympathy for the humans who couldn't talk and were stricken by this than the old, their fellow humans. Because they're better. That's the whole idea. They're better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they need, to, they need to make sure they are better, which means to not become some barbarians. One other interesting thing they didn't take with it, the, which I was fully expecting, and, yeah, I know I may sound like a cynical old prick, but the Hollywood angle is the one guy that Caesar, well, he let four humans go, and one of them was a guy with a crossbow. Um, I forgot his exact name. I think, oh, his character, his name was Preacher. Um, And he lets him go. And you would think in normal Hollywood fashion that this guy, oh, because Caesar let him go, that, uh, you know, maybe there's a little sympathy for Caesar and that he would kind of be an ally when, when all the shit and the chips fell. But He's not, is he? He's still a bastard. <laughs> well, he kills him. Yeah. He murders Caesar, asshole. <laughs> right? Uh, the guy who saved him, who, who the primate who was more of a man than he was, he ends up killing him at the end, which, no, it, it, you might sound surprised there, my fellow uh, crew members out there and Spoiler room fans, but yeah, it's not the colonel who offs Caesar. No, that would have pissed me off if they did. No, it was one of his own, one of his own people, and the guy that that uh, Caesar spared. You know, 
And uh, it's just like when the cops kill people now. Mm-hmm. It's out of fear, total fear. They are, you know, these, we don't know where these soldiers came from. We don't know what kind of training they got. You know, if the humans are pretty much screwed and it's getting near the bottom of the barrel, they're giving anybody a gun. Right. Volunteer to, to work in the guy. If you're going to work for the colonel, you are like a turd. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, of course he kills him. Mm-hmm. You know, dumbass. Yeah. And, and that just, I was like, wow, because I thought for sure, I'm like, okay, here we go. We got epic, you know, showdown. We find out the Colonel is actually at odds with some of the other surviving humans who don't want to necessarily eliminate all the apes in the world of, and they're clashing with each other and they get the final battle where it's humans against humans and the apes are in the middle. And I was like, Oh, okay, there we go. Epic missile shot. Caesar gets into the Colonel's headquarters but you don't get that conflict between the the colonel and Caesar. You don't get an epic fight. You you get what is a really heartbreaking scene in some respects, wouldn't you say, Andrew? That scene is brutal, man. This is the man who murdered his family, and the revenge movies and revenge plots incite bloodlust in the viewer. We're thinking like in most normal revenge theme plots, they want all they want you to do is get you on the side of a hero who is going to be a murderer, you know. And there's mm-hmm. plenty of heroes in history of Hollywood and all type of movies who are essentially murderers. They're just they're doing eye for an eye, biblical revenge type shit, archaic, just just as you know. And uh, and so when he gets in there and sees that the colonel is. You know, like that's a fate worse than death, right there. Yeah. And uh, the colonel was like, wants him to shoot him. He's like, yo, here's here. I'm giving this to you, Caesar, like a pimp. What does he do? He gives the gun back. He's like, nope. If you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it yourself, chief. Yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna give this to you, man. Death is too easy for you. He's mm-hmm. come that far. And we've dealt with his feelings on violence and murder and being just like a human. If Caesar walks in there and just puts one in the colonel's computer, there's there's no that is not redemption for the Caesar character. That's a damnation. He doesn't survive. You know, Caesar is basically dead the moment he pulls that trigger. And so he doesn't do it. That's just so good. So good. Yeah, I, I it was like wow, that was more powerful than some kind of epic fight because because he stays the good guy, right? Yeah, he stays good, and we got we got to remember that and stuff, especially when we talk about you know heroes and people that are nonviolent. And when it comes down to it, you know uh, they they are not gonna just. We don't want to send the message after a movie like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, especially. We don't want to send the message that violence is the answer. Mm-hmm. And someone that is pushed to violence or incited to violence, we don't want to feel a sense of relief when they commit a violent act. It's not a good message to send. So I'm <laughs> glad that they didn't do it. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, at, at the very end, I'm like, okay, so you've got the humans, you have the other forces, they come in and they take care of the colonel's forces. And I'm like, oh, Caesar's going to sneak away. No, he's standing there. And all the humans turn around and went, oh, you know, and you're trying to figure out who's going to do what. Mm. And then they do what I did not expect them to do. They had nature take out the major military force. That's right, man. Which is also kind of timely because the planet Earth is clearly done with humans. Like in real life, mm-hmm. they're about, Earth is about fucking finished with us. Yeah. You know, right. and so having something like that in the movie, regardless of whether or not that was their intention, again, I was like, I know, I know, Avalanche, I know. <laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think humans are bad. I don't. I don't. I'm not a person hater. I love people, man, and I, I don't want to see us go out. But fuck if we don't seem bound and determined to do it to ourselves. <laughs> Right. And here they they do end up doing it to themselves because of all the explosions and stuff from from their battle. Um, 
you end up having an avalanche take out a good chunk of what you believe or the way they lead you to believe is of the U.S. military force or just the world military force, I should say. Yeah, that was it. Bye. (laughs) Buried buried by an avalanche. (laughs) I'm just like, wow, I did not see that one coming. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's good too, man, because... As much as I think people going going like we want to see how the apes defeated and became dominant, apes are from nature. Mm-hmm. They're part of the earth. They are not humanity. They didn't do. They didn't cause any type of destruction of the planet. You know, they're just that's recycling. You know, that's <laughs> that's not weapons manufacture. You you literally like your doo doo is. So uh, <laughs> for that to happen was just. You know, the more you, it's one of those things, the more you think about it, you're just like, that was really smart. You know, you'd have to be a dick not to like this movie. <laughs> you would, you would. I mean, this overall, this film's not only just a, a great end to this trilogy, it was a, it was a really good war picture. It says a lot of things, and it's one of those where when you see the amount of special effects in this film, it is not what you expect from a special effects laden film bar none i mean just just a simple fact especially with as much cgi but you get that they manage to give you something that has depth that is well directed well paced i mean the film is is fairly long but it never felt like it dragged at all i mean you're you're into the film at least i was you know from from the first minute on i was like Wow, I like that. Did not seem like it was as long as uh, what what it was, you know. Which is, I think, like two and a half hours or something. Two hours. Yeah, two hours and some change is about the average length of everything. Now, you know, what's wild is I was reading the run times for Dunkirk is shorter than the run time for Girls' Night. Yeah, it's like a hundred and it's like a hundred and seven minutes for Dunkirk. (laughs) Yeah, and Girls' Trip is, uh, and I read that. Dark Tower is going to be about 90 minutes because cartoons, the more they run around, that's when they start to look shitty to me. Right. The CGI, that's when they lose me. And a lot of these big blockbusters with all the CG in them, that's the ones I fall asleep at when they just go in like too much with the CG. Like, you know, like it becomes white noise to me and I just check out. Sure. Fall asleep. I start to, as cool as the rest of the movie might have been, you know. So I'm glad that there wasn't constant action or, you know, even like a lot of big action set pieces and not a giant action ending. You don't need that. Have some faith in the shit that you're doing, you know? Well, and and the thing is with this, as far as CGI goes, these, these films were spaced out. A lot of these films like franchises, they want to crank them out in what, like 18 months. And this was like, what, how many years, like three years from, Dawn to yeah, three years from when Dawn was released to now. Uh, you know, yeah, I which, think they took like three years on each one, I think. Yeah, they I believe they took about three years on each on each film. Yeah, it was. It was three years for each one, which I'm fine with because you could tell they took their time because they actually give you something that you normally don't get with a huge CGI film is some extreme close-ups of your CGI characters. I mean, you're right up you know <laughs> yeah and also man you know the, the uh, cg looks better to me if the cinematography and the cg scene or action scene doesn't change from when it looks like it's shot with the same cameras the same lenses and by the same person that shot everything else mm-hmm. you know that's the key to making the shit look good and what's great about the apes is that like you know you could tell they filmed for the most part, real horses, real trees, all that other stuff. And uh, I'm, I was convinced by it. I can't think of a moment. And again, some of my favorite recent movies with great CG, um, I can think of moments that just made me go, oh, come on, man. Too much, too much. Dial it back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a lesson in modern filmmaking. These are, these are modern uses of CGI. It's the next step where we don't have this overconfidence in it. Instead, we have a lot of work that went into it. Not just like, look how great our effects are, but look how good our actors are and our story is and everything else around it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. This is uh, modern filmmakers who are going to have uh, CGI laden uh, effects films need to take a, a, a need to take a lesson from this trilogy. So uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here, Andrew. Uh, just how did you feel? Did you feel like War of the Planet? Was this a really good ending to this trilogy? And would would you want to see more possibly from this world, or or do you think it it ended on a on a note that they should just kind of leave it? Well, that was my question. Oh, okay. The group should there be more of these movies? And you know, on the one hand, as a fan, I'm going like the reason why I think the Apes series is the best movies, the best franchise, is because each one keeps up that level of quality. And each one keeps like that reverence, you know, none of them try to reinvent the wheel because there's nothing wrong with the wheel, you know, not that that stopped people before, but you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's got its eye on all sticking together and not trying to like branch out or just, you know what I'm saying? So I like trilogies. I like beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. Each movie could stand on its own. But the great thing about the Planet of the Apes movies is you get done watching one. You cannot wait to watch the next one, even though they're all self-contained stories. Each one ends on such an exciting thing that you're like, oh, shit. Where's the next one? You put it in the next scene. That's why it's so easy to watch all the Planet Apes movies for me because you really can go one to one to one to one, you know? Um, but with these, the way War, of the Planet Apes, where War for the Planet Apes ends, you can see it connect to the original 1968 Planet Apes, mm-hmm. but it's not all the way there. Do I think there's three movies that could bridge about how they build their civilization and all that stuff? I mean, surprise me, man. Somebody can write them really good and have them be as good as all of these. Rock and roll, you know? Don't do a Hobbit with it. If you really only got one movie, just make one or two (laughs) if you got to. But don't do, don't Hobbit it, you know? So, uh, I don't, the only reason I don't want it to end is because I love these movies mm-hmm. and I, and I, you know, but I like the cartoon and I like the TV series, but I'm not going to lie, man, they're inventing their own stories within this thing. And I just, I just like the world of it. I like what it's saying. I like what's doing. I like those characters. I like all that stuff, but it could stop. It really could. Like that's, I would rather them stop than to make a crappy one or an unnecessary one. But as long as they're interested in continuing in that space between uh, War for Planet of the Apes 2017 and Planet of the Apes 1968, I'm there for it. I'll check it out. And I'm, I'm the same way. As long as they, they take care with it and come up with as deep a story as what they came up with these three films and they wanted to go further to try to connect it further, I'm fine. Just don't crank it out to crank it out for sake of cranking it out <laughs> which no i know and, and you, you don't need to be starting to remake those other ones either uh, they're no. they're you know that's there's room i think for good ones there's no room for shitty ones no i th- i think there is room for for more stories but at the same time if they do end it here and not do any more i will not be disappointed either because what we got are three fantastic films that in all honesty when i heard the concept of the first one i was like yeah okay you know i kind of went in going yeah how are you going to sell that because you know you you knew it was going to be cgi heavy and you know i'm sitting here by the end and i'm hearing sniffles in the crowd and i myself getting a little misty over caesar you know yeah I, I wasn't. I wasn't the only one. I heard sniffles in the crowd. I'm like, oh wow, you know. I just not just kinda... that, but that that bridge battle is so good, man. Did you see it in 3D? I did not see it in 3D. No. Yeah, the rise of the planet of the apes, man. That on that bridge at the end, that battle in 3D was amazing. <laughs> Even though they had some breaking glass and not getting hurt by the glass, still, yeah. still a great piece of cinema. It was cool. I don't remember who directed that one. It wasn't the guy that made uh, these last two. It was a different guy. No, no, it was a different guy. Uh, you can definitely tell Matt Reeves, who is actually taking on the new Batman film. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. 
Um, he he actually has been given the reins, and apparently he's starting over uh, with the new Batman film from when he uh, took it over. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does with that because, I mean, this is the guy who gave us uh, Cloverfield and Let Me In. Uh, and I don't like either one of those movies. <laughs> Ain't that funny? I do not like those movies. But but he did it right for Dawn and for War of uh, the Planet of the Apes. And so, as you can gather, folks, go see this film. I think we'll wrap it up here tonight. Uh, it, it's it's something to be seen on the big screen. It, you should witness something like this because this is a film that does it right in pretty much every aspect of modern filmmaking f- involving CGI, special effects, acting, everything, just showing what you can actually do with what's out there and that you can make a meaningful, powerful film and still have a lot of special effects in it. Um, and, and that's not a historical event either. <laughs> you know. Um, it, so, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, Andrew, I... I'm sure uh, we got the impression that you enjoyed War of the Planet of the Apes as well. So um, would you say go see it in the big screen? Definitely. You got to, man. I mean, they are not making fantasy movies uh, like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's, it's unprecedented. It's not, it's not happening. And the fact that they are continuing to put money into these, that Fox is taking care of, they're great franchise, and they're seeing to it that the quality stands and doesn't take a dump on the legacy. And you know, uh, but you know, as as much as war movies and epic movies, you just they lose something on your phone and on the computer and on Netflix. They lose some movies that are this scale. Go see them in the theater. You need to deal with it. Big, it's a big movie. A big movie that deserves to be seen on the big screen, definitely. So uh, thank you so much, my uh, fellow friends out there. I appreciate you listening in tonight for a discussion of War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, now, real quick, we will uh, ask Mr. Shearer here, the lovely Andrew, uh, to tell us where you can find him and his stuff at when he's not here. Andrew? Oh, man. Well, everybody to follow Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel because we are getting ready to put out our new movie, Space Boobs in Space. And um, I was going to come out a couple months ago, but we keep adding more boobs to Space Boobs in Space. So I'm like, give me a bang for your buck, boob for your buck. But if you like uh, apes, I got one for you called Bikini Gorilla. You can get that on Amazon On Demand. It is part of an anthology called The Underground Cinema, Cinema with an S. And, uh, yeah, you could buy that or rent that really cheap on there. And Bikini Gorilla Man, Tanya Atomic, did the theme song. Can't beat it. (laughs) The very talented Tanya Atomic did the theme song uh, for it. So check it out, folks. Yes, a lot of fun to be had there for Gonzorific Films. Uh, a lot of stuff of it's on Amazon Prime, correct? Uh, I mean, uh, we got Amazon Prime, uh, May of the Dead, M-A-E, May of the Dead zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Joy Romero, parts of it were shot at Evan City Cemetery and Monroeville Mall, actually. And, nice! Um, yeah, and um, Barry Scary, which is a like a stag movie, but she's... But it's comedy. Uh, it's sexy and funny. You're gonna like. You're gonna like it. Those are on Prime. Yeah. So we got our stuff is kind of in there and around. You can find it. You know, look for my name, Andrew Shearer. If you don't remember any of that stuff, and uh, I'm a guilty party. It's there. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, you can catch a link to uh, Gonzorific on the SpecialMarkProductions.com page, where you can also find the archive of the Spoiler Room for all our past episodes. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Please subscribe, comment, and like us. We'd really appreciate to hear back from you. I thank you so much for listening to our conversation. I thank my crew member, Andrew Shearer, for joining us. And now, uh, say goodnight, Ape Man. <laughs> This shit is bananas, bee.